And welcome on in to the Zach Gelb Show right here on CBS Sports Radio. It's Ryan Hickey in for ZG on this Monday. If you miss Zach, don't worry, he's here. Just filling in for Maggie and Perloff most of the week, so I'll be with you the next three nights. Like if you want to include tonight, which is I know it's almost over, but if you don't include tonight, fine. Next two nights after this, Ryan Hickey with you right here, filling in for Zach on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, good news if you're joining the program late. Don't worry. You have not missed a thing. Check out the Hick at Night podcast. Night spelled N-I-T-E. That is where every single hour from this show, from tomorrow's show, from Wednesday's show, will be uploaded so you can catch up. Always make sure you're in the know about what's going on here on the Zach Gelb Show when Zach is not here. I said Ryan Hickey instead filling on in. So make sure you download and subscribe today. You will not miss a second of the action again. Hick at Night Podcast, night spelled N-I-T-E. All right. Let's start this hour on a negative note. Let's call a spade a spade here. James Harden is the biggest loser, not just in the NBA, but he is the biggest loser in all of sports. This is a guy who continues to demonstrate time and time and time again how he points the finger at everyone else but himself. He blames his own struggles constantly on others, not him. Teammates, coaches, organizations, you name it, James Harden has thrown blame at someone, at everyone, but himself. And I don't know about you, but for me, that's one of the most cowardly things really anyone could do, but really a high-level athlete could do is trying to pin your failures as a reasoning from, so, you know, as a doing, I should say, by somebody else. Geez, you know, I missed three of 15 shots today uh, against the Celtics, but it wasn't my fault. What's wasn't my fault. Doc Rivers sucks as a coach. This organization stinks. Daryl Moore lost my trust. Not my fault, guys. Not me. I'm just a victim here. I'm unfortunately getting taken down by another team in which I truly want to stay and figure it out, and they just ruined it for me. James Harden's been the king of pointing the finger everywhere, but where it's right important, Adam. And so if you're the Clippers, if you're any team that Harden wants to go to and or interested in bringing this clown on, Godspeed. There is not one team in the NBA, one out of 30, not one that could sit here honestly and say, we need James Harden on our team. He does not contribute to winning. He's not good in the locker room. He does literally zero teams any good. And he showed that again today in the latest example of numerous examples as to why he's a loser, a coward, a victim. He decided to take aim at someone who was a close friend, or I guess at this point used to be a close friend, in Daryl Morey. President of Basketball Operations for the Sixers. Harden was on a tour in China with Adidas, speaking at uh, at some sort of event today. And this morning, he was, let's say, not shy to share his displeasure with Darren Morey and the fact that now uh, the latest report with the Sixers that they have taken James Harden off the trade market and will not trade him, and the goal is to have them uh, have Harden on the team this year. Well, Harden had his chance to respond for the first time to a crowd in China. 
Here's how James Harden decided to answer that. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. Let me say that again. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I never will play for an organization he is a part of again. Said it not once, but twice. Twice. For emphasis. In case anyone missed it the first time, what a joke. Here's the thing. He threw out the word liar. Let's use that word here. Because I think someone is lying. There is a liar in this situation between James Harden versus Daryl Morey versus the Sixers. The liar in this case is Harden. Harden is the liar because he is lying to himself. He is lying to himself about truly how much he is worth. He thinks he's a superstar. I know many still call him that. The reality is he is not. He's not a number one on a championship team. That's what a superstar should be. Even if you want to stretch the definition of being a number two on a championship team in some cases, Harden sure as hell ain't that. This guy, bare minimum, on a championship contending team is the third best option. He is no longer a superstar. Never been a superstar in the playoffs. But this guy wants to get paid like he's a star. Like he's one of the best players in the NBA. And he thinks, truly in his mind, that he's getting wronged here by the Sixers and not giving him the contract he thinks he deserves when, in fact... His play says, you don't deserve anything, buddy. You're lucky to be getting the 30 mil you're getting. Because your play does not require us to shell out all this money for you. He feels like by taking a pay cut last year, that this offseason, he would get that pack, you know, that money back and way more. The reality is, when you look at James Harden in the playoffs, that is who James Harden is. And we've now seen in sports, you pay guys that are postseason players and guys that are just good regular season guys but don't get the job done in the postseason are not ones getting record-setting contracts. I know it's different, right? Football, basketball, I get it. But the best and maybe the closest example I could give you is this. Kirk Cousins is a really good regular season quarterback. Really good. We know Kirk Cousins has struggled mightily, for the most part, in the playoffs. Kirk Cousins, the last four years, has been strung along by one-year deal after one-year deal after one-year deal by the Vikings. Every other quarterback you're seeing right now is cashing in on record-setting contracts because they have played well in the postseason and or the teams think they eventually could play well in the playoffs when it matters the most. That is where the money is for postseason performance. And you look recently... James Harden is not a postseason player. Well, he's never been in his career, but recently he has been more of an asteroid than a shooting star. Forget about not helping your team win. He is actively hurting his team's chances of winning games in the playoffs and advancing deep into the postseason. The, the perfect example is the Celtics series. In that series, in which the uh, Sixers, right, we know they lost in uh, seven games, should have won, Blew it. James Harden in that series had two of the best games of his career in the postseason. 45 points in game one, 42 points in game number four. Easily two best moments of his postseason career, and in large part, he doesn't have many postseason 
uh, moments that are memorable in a positive way, in a positive way. A lot of postseason moments that are memorable, not many positive. So he has the two best moments of his playoff career in that series against the Celtics. But the reason why the Sixers choked away a 3-2 lead and couldn't get past the Celtics and couldn't get past the second round of the playoffs again is because of how Harden played in the other five games. Sure, he was great. Combined for, what was that, 87 points in those two games. The other five games, though, he combined for 67 points total in five games. Shot 16 of 63 from the field. That is a grand total of 25%. And shot just 15% from three. So he was great in two games. He showed you for the first time ever, hey, superstar James Harden in the playoffs. Never seen this before. Regular season Harden playing like this in May. What a sight. His issue is not only was that unsustainable, playing at a high level in the playoffs, but he couldn't even give you average games. He was dreadful. He was awful. He, along with Embiid, just destroyed any chance Philly had of winning that series. Because when he was bad, he was one of the worst players in the NBA. And so if you just are Daryl Morey, and even if you made a promise to Harden last year of, hey, you know what, you take this pay cut, I'll reward you next year, I got you, buddy, like, you know, IOU sort of thing, and you watch how that series went, the yo-yo of great, oh, that was bad, Okay, oh, oh, he's back, he's back, game four, okay, here we go, to bad, 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 the last three games, lose out on a series that was winnable? Are you running to the table to now all of a sudden give James Harden a massive deal? If you are, you should be fired. You absolutely should be fired. Harden is not worth the money he's asking for, and again, the only person that is a liar here is himself. Because he's lying to himself, believing, I am worth a big deal. I am still important to a championship-winning team. I am still needed by a championship-winning team. That ain't the case. Sixers don't need him. I would argue they're better off without him. Clippers don't need him to win a championship. No team in the NBA needs James Harden on their team. Because you see how James Harden plays in the postseason, along with his attitude. That's not anything you want on your team. Again, just put, you know, specifics aside for a second. This is a guy doing something we've never seen before in the sense that he is on the record repeating, just in case anyone misheard him or did not think they heard what he said, Cohen, the president of basketball operations, a liar, and promising to never play for any organization that hires him again. We have never seen that. And this is not exactly out of character for James Harden. He tanked his way out of Houston, forced his way out of Brooklyn, and now he's doing maybe a different playbook. He's running different plays, but overall the same philosophy of doing the same thing again here in Philly. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. We're sitting here, if you get shamed a fourth time, or fooled, I should say, a fourth time, if you're a team that's going to give James Harden another chance, 
after how the first three, or the I should say the last three teams, how those tenures ended, along with how he played in the postseason, I got nothing for you. You are the most, you are the most incompetent franchise in the NBA. But this is why James Harden is a loser. It's because he's pinning his own failures in the playoffs on someone else. He's trying to make Daryl Morey and paint Daryl Morey to be the bad guy because Daryl Morey is going back on a promise, alleged promise, of not giving James Harden the big contract he thought he was getting this year and feels, quote-unquote, disrespected by how they have gone about the free agency period and telling Harden, basically, hey, you want to test free agency? Go for it. We're not giving you an offer until we see what the market market says. AK, we're not overpaying for you because your price is way too high and you ain't worth it. Harden is taking that instead of looking inward. Instead of realizing, huh, maybe they're right. Maybe I'm not worth the money I think I am. Maybe I got to go prove it in the playoffs with a consistent performance. Maybe, here's a crazy thought. You ready for this? Maybe I should do a little less partying at age 33. Start care, you know, taking care of my body a little bit more. Maybe start training a little extra to make sure not only I'm in good shape come regular season time, but my body's not breaking down and getting exhausted come postseason time. Maybe I'll do a little less partying, a little more training, and I will put myself in the best position to succeed this upcoming year and then go to free agency and make my money there. Instead, he's crying about, Daryl Morey lied to me. He's a liar. I'm never going to be with him again. It's not me. Oh, woe is me. Woe is me. Why does this keep happening to me? I'm a good guy. Rockets screwed me. Nets screwed me. Sixers are now currently screwing me. Harden's tried that. And each time, not only is he wrong, but only just drives the wedge further and further as to why no one should bring this guy on their team. He's a loser and he's a coward because he's pointing the finger at everyone else but himself for his own failures. Dow Moore is on the court blocking three-point shots from James Harden. Daryl Moore is not asking James Harden to do something he's not capable of doing. He's asking him to be a compliment to the MVP of the league. And in five out of seven games against the Celtics, you have your second-best player shooting 15% from three, 25% from the floor. And yet Harden still does not see how that is not worth big-time money. He's delusional. He's a loser. He's a coward. And absolutely does not deserve the money. Daryl Moore is right here in my holding firm and not giving Harden the contract he thinks, incorrectly, by the way, he deserves. Ridiculous. Truly, like, truly comical. The gall to say that is one thing. The gall to believe it's even worse, I think. Even worse. So I'm curious your thoughts here. 855 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. If you think James Harden is worth the money, if you think James Harden is worth a big-time extension, he is getting screwed by the Sixers, please tell me why. I got to hear your reasoning. You heard mine. I'll give you a chance to to explain it if you are a Harden stan for the few that are out there. And now that he wants to trade, would you want him on your team? Would you be pumped up? Maybe a little hand clap. Maybe a little, you know, exclamation point tweet. Maybe go out and get a jersey. If you hear the news tomorrow, 
James Harden was traded to your team. Would you want James Harden on your team? 855-212-4227. Add Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. When we return. All right, so Harden said what he said. Right? We just talked about it. He wants out, and he has now called the GM of the Sixers a liar. Ball's now in Dow Morey's court. Should he trade him? Who won that standoff? I'll tell you when we do return. It's Ryan Hickey in for Zach Gelb right here on CBS Sports Radio. Ryan Hickey in for Zach Gelb right here on CBS Sports Radio. That voice you just heard was Sixers GM, President of Basketball Operations, whatever title you want to give him, Daryl Morey. A few weeks ago on 95.7 The Fanatic, talking about what you just heard. James Harden requested a trade. Will you trade him? Daryl Morey said, I will trade him if I get proper value back. Look, Daryl Morey, you got to bail on that idea. You got to trade James Harden now. And not because he's upset. I don't care about his words. And again, Daryl Morey's already got into staring contests with with Ben Simmons before. And he wanted to trade. And they waited until the trade deadline in February to trade him. So I'm not saying from a, like, oh, just trade him now. He said he wants out. And you got to respect his wishes. I'm not talking about from that perspective. I'm saying the Sixers got to trade James Harden now because trading James Harden is the best case scenario for this team because it does one of two things. Either you trade James Harden, you get enough back somehow in a trade to package what you got in the trade versus what you have on your team, send it over to Portland, you get Damian Lillard on your team. You somehow try to pull a rabbit out of your hat and get Dame in part by trading Harden to the team. And now all of a sudden, for the first time, really since AI, you have a chance to win a, uh, win an NBA Finals legitimately. Because you are now a postseason threat with Embiid and Lillard. That's option A. Option B is you get nothing back in return. You get Embiid upset. He plays this season in Philly, has nothing around him. Tyrese Maxey is a really good young player, but he's right. He's not at that point yet in his career where he's ready to take over and be a 1A or a 1 on a championship team. MB gets frustrated, knows, knows his clock is ticking. He said, you know what? We've tried, you know, it's been kind of a a, a game of musical chairs of who's going to be my, my co-star next to me. It's all blown up in our faces. The only really guy that was worth it was Jimmy Butler, and he was traded away. So you know what? I'm going to cross the trade. I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to go to a place where I can win a title right now. It's in a better position than Philly. That's also a good thing for Philly. They they are stuck in the middle. They are truly stuck in the middle. They are not good enough to win a title. They are not bad enough to tank. You got to pick a lane here. And trading James Harden allows you to free up from getting stuck in the middle and pick a lane. Either you go right to the top by getting Lillard, or you go right to the bottom by trading Embiid and getting assets back and avoid the process again. Right? Embiid is the reigning MVP. I don't think he's going to fall off a cliff this year. So you got to think if this time next year you trade Embiid, you're getting some good young players and some good draft picks back. You can expedite your rebuild with the return from Embiid alone. So if you're the Sixers, it makes all the sense in the world to trade Embiid, uh, to, excuse me, to trade Harden and do it ASAP. Because you're going to figure out by trading Harden where your direction is. Either we're going to be a championship contender by getting a guy like Damian Lillard to come to town, or going to the bottom, we're resetting, and we are now truly going to build our team from the bottom up in a true championship fashion, because this core right now ain't a championship team. Embiid, Harden, Maxi, 
Tobias Harris, not a championship core. And they can't even get out of the second round, for God's sake. Blow it up. Trade Harden ASAP. And then start to now plot your course of the future based on what you do get back here. So 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. And Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. So the Sixers trade Harden. And now that he's out there, would you want him on your team? Do you still view James Harden as a capable guy that could contribute to a championship-winning team? Bill is calling from Toronto. What's up, Bill? How's it going, Ryan? Oh, we're chilling, Bill. We're chilling, man. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good, thanks. I was just thinking, uh, yeah, um, as far as Harden goes, I certainly do not want him on the Raptors at all. There's no chance of that happening. Um, we got a young team, and I don't want him uh, p- poisoning the, the brains of the, of the young and, and the impressionable, if you will. And, uh, and he'd also probably start you know, whining about something ridiculous like our beer's too strong or, and our women are too hot or something as well. Maybe. <laughs> and and uh, as far as far as the you know, he's got how the strip clubs in Toronto, Bill. You know, that's the right with, with uh, what is it? Where it's bad strip clubs, he plays well. Good strip clubs, he plays poorly. How are the uh, the Toronto ladies? Right. Oh, we've we've had some legendary strip clubs. We used to have uh, uh, a lot of the celebrities come up to the Brass Rail on Young Street and that, and it was just uh, it's just a, a zoo. A friend of mine was a waitress there, and she used to get us backstage for oh, concerts nice. that came in and all kinds of wild stuff. So good for you, oh, yeah. Bill. So it's safe to say, if James Harden goes does go to Toronto, not a lot of practicing going on. Not a lot of sorry. Not a lot of practicing going on there. Oh no, no, he'll yeah. be uh, he'll be definitely uh, fully involved. I'm sure. Um, but uh, as far as his, his his value goes, in the totally ludicrous fashion or comparison-wise, I guess, uh, he he somehow is worth quite a bit of money. And the reason that I'm, I'm saying this is because if Anthony Davis, who can sign for an extension for $186 million, uh, I would almost put Harden's talent and age and all those types of things on par with him in some ways, not to mention the fact that they both will play probably two-thirds to three-quarters of the season anyway, which prorated becomes like $90 million, which is beyond ludicrous. But uh, th- And that's why I think he, he could get it because, you know, as B.T. Barnum said, there's a sucker born every day, and somebody out there is going to go for the, the former fear of the beard and think that he's got something left in the tank. I like the, Bill. Appreciate the call, but I like the AD comparison. Here's the difference for me: is that at least Anthony Davis has won a championship, and Anthony Davis has shown you he can easily be the best player on a championship-winning team. Now it drives you crazy. And again, if I was the Lakers, I wouldn't have extended him because I hate the fact that one he can't stay healthy, and two, you don't know game to game which Anthony Davis is showing up. He could easily be the best player on the court, or it could be just totally checked out, not aggressive, and a liability. But for Harden, outside of two games. In games one and games four, we had 45 points and 42 points, both against the Celtics in the most recent playoff series. He's shown you nothing, no capability whatsoever being even the second best player in the playoffs on a championship winning team. At least AD has shown it over a longer stretch. Again, both maddening players with their inconsistencies in the playoffs. But at least AD has shown you can win a title and be the best player on a championship winning team. That to me is a difference. Fred is in Houston. What's up, Fred? Hello, Fred. Yeah, hey, sorry. sorry there he that. is. Um, sorry about that. Um, so, yeah, basically, no. Uh, 
I live in Houston right now, so I've I've dealt with a James Harden saga forever. You know, I just, I mean, ever since you know, ever since after Westbrook left, he's been like, he's basically, if he wants to leave, he does whatever he wants, and it's just it's wild, you know. That's a thing, Fred, and it's like. To your point, I mean, you saw it firsthand in Houston. I'm pretty sure the call, buddy, and obviously now Brooklyn and Philly have seen it too. Like, this is a guy that, again, go, going back to pointing the fingers, constantly points his fingers at everyone else but himself, and then makes such a destructive mess on his way out that it's like, it's. I, I don't see, again, how any team thinks it's worth to bring him in. He wants to be traded. He wants to go to the, uh, the Clippers. The Clippers would be absolute fools at this point to bring him in, even if it's for free. Even if the Sixers said, we will pay his salary, we will give you... I help build, you know, put another toilet because what's his name? Uh, Steve Ballmer is obsessed with the amount of toilets in the new arena that they're building. Even if the Sixers organization pledged to add another 30 toilets to the brand new arena that they're building, would pay James Harden's salary, give him for free, and you would have to give up nothing. I'm still not doing it if I'm the Clippers because he gives you nothing in terms of winning. And like Fred just said, and we are seeing it play out in real time here, especially with the latest comments this morning calling the president of basketball operations a liar. He not only, when he wants to leave, makes up his mind, but he also makes a destructive, destructive path on his way out and totally tanks whatever organization, uh, for whatever reason, trusts that they they will be the ones to turn him around uh, and fix and James Harden, you know, fix James Harden, make him an actual legitimate contributor on a championship team. Ted is in Florida. What's up, T-Money? What's up, man? Look, so everybody's worried about what he did in certain areas. Look, he's winning at the game of basketball, the business side of it. He's getting money from different sides one way or the other. He was sixth man of the year in that in LKC. Think about that. He turned that into mass contract, mass contract, mass contract, and he's just winning no matter what. I'm not a Harden fan, but at the same time, he's doing it right. Well, we'll say, I mean, Ted, to his credit, Harden's credit, that is. I mean, the guy won an MVP. So it's not like he's milking that sixth man a year award that he won with the Thunder and now got, you know, max deal after max deal. He's not like, you know, Matt Flynn, for example, who cashed in on that one game he played with the Packers. It's not like a lucrative deal with the Seahawks. Like, we've seen quarterbacks, you know, have one game or backup quarterbacks have one game and everyone keeps trying to chase that ghost uh, of that one game to come back. I mean, Harden has won an MVP. He's been, you know, the scoring leader. He is a Hall of Fame player. Like, I think James Harden's game has drastically decreased. I think he's a fraud of a player, personally. But let's also keep it real here. He, for a long time, was one of the best players in the NBA. Now, with that said, to your point, he is the business MVP. Where, when he wanted out of Houston, got what he wanted. Wanted out of Brooklyn, got what he wanted. Got to Philly, wants out of Philly. Now he's probably going to get what he wants. And he's getting paid along the way. Getting paid a lot of money to continually party all offseason. Coming to, you know, camp out of shape. Party, you know, during the season. I think he's in Vegas between the, the first and second round of the playoffs this past year. Guy does what he wants and gets paid. No one says boo. That's business 101 right there. I'll give you that, Ted, that he does win the game in the sense that plays basketball, parties like a like a true rock star and gets the best of both worlds in terms of money-wise, that is for sure. All right, it's Ryan Hickey in for Zach Gelb right here on CBS Sports Radio. Continue to take your James Harden thoughts. Is that a guy you want on your team? Is he worth the money? He thinks he's worth a big-time contract. The Sixers are, are telling you no. What side are you on here? Philly side of holding strong. James Harden side of thinking he's getting screwed here. 
855-212-4227 at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. When we return, it's closing bell time. Ryan Hickey in for Zach Gale right here on CBS Sports Radio in today, in tomorrow, in Wednesday. If you're like me, great news. If you don't, the long week. I apologize. I apologize. If you do like the show and just maybe missed a little bit, you caught, you know, came into the car late, maybe a little bit of traffic, had to work late, boss keeping you late, you missed more of the show than you would like to. Great news for you. You can check out the entirety of the show in podcast form. Hick at Night is the podcast page that I throw my pen all across the studio in excitement. Hick at Night, night spelled N-I-T-E. That is where you can get every single uh, podcast um or show podcast, I should say, when I fill in for Zach or when I'm hosting my normal show 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. on Saturday mornings. I get that's not prime time for a lot of you listening. Prime time for me, of course. But for most of you not listening uh, at 3 a.m. on a Saturday morning, understandable. But you can still catch a lot of the show as well and listen at your convenience. Hick at night. Make sure you subscribe and download today. Night again, spelled N-I-T-E. All right. Only one way to end the show. You know how we do it. It's with... The closing bell. Another day is in the books, and we're taking stock of the sports world. It's time to find out who's up and who's down. Let's end the day right and hit the closing bell. Only on the Zach Gelb Show. All right. A lot of, at least I like to start with these stock downs first and end on a positive note by finishing with some stock ups. And I hate to say it, I really do. A lot of negative news coming from the weekend and also coming from uh, today as well. All right. We start with a really sad news. This is we are just learning about in the last hour or so. Unfortunately, former NFL running back, played for the Ravens, played for the Seahawks, went to school at Arkansas. Alex Collins has unfortunately passed away. We are learning from a motorcycle accident late last night. Really, really sad story. Just 28 years old. A guy who obviously played, you know, played in the NFL, but also, too, his fame really coming from Arkansas. With Now I see it going around on Twitter. It's one of those plays that I feel like if you're a college football fan, you'll never forget. Arkansas all missed. It was like fourth and 25. A backwards lateral. Alex Collins was a running back to pick it up. Eventually run for a first down and route to Arkansas, upsetting uh, the Rebels. Uh, a few years ago, that was the year that they beat Alabama and had a really, really big season. I believe it was 2014 off the top of my head. But just really devastatingly sad news. 28 years old. Still, again, in the NFL recently. Just really, really sad. So, unfortunately, a stock down. Just the awful news of the Alex Collins passing. Let's stick with some awful news. James Harden. James Harden's a loser. James Harden is absolutely one of the worst in terms of not taking blame and accountability. Did so yet again today, calling on record J- uh, Daryl Morey a liar, saying he'll never play for a Daryl Morey-led organization again. How about, James, how about this, James? You take accountability for your own actions, including five games in the playoffs against the Celtics this past year, where you combine to shoot 25% from the field and 15% from three. How about we start taking accountability for that performance before we start blaming others for not giving you the money you think you deserve but clearly are not worthy of? Ridiculous that James Harden thinks he's in the right and being wronged 
by not getting a bigger contract uh, than the one he has right now. So stock down, James Harden. Oh, idiot! Get back in there at once and sell, sell! Speaking of idiot, I'm giving the, the Clippers a stock down here. They didn't trade for James Harden, but they were at least in conversations uh, and negotiations with trading for James Harden. You are absolute fools by even entertaining the idea of putting James Harden on your team. You have enough issues with trying to get Kawhi, jo- uh, Kawhi Leonard, I was going to say Kawhi George, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George healthy in the playoffs and have those two on the court at the same time? Worry about that. And less about bringing a guy who has never played well in the postseason, a locker room cancer, and a guy who burns every single bridge on his way out, bringing that guy into town. So they have not made the trade. And again, the Sixers announced over the weekend that they are t- taking James Harden off the trade table. And so no trade with the, the Clippers at least is imminent. But that's the only team Harden wants to go to. Stock down on the Clippers for even entertaining this stupid idea. Okay, so we don't have a lot of details on this story, but we are gaining more as we go. And that's Wander Franco, the superstar on the Rays. So we know yesterday... There was a social media post alleging that he is in a relationship, consensually, we believe, with a minor. Now, the Rays did not play him in yesterday's game. Claimed it was a coincidence. Obviously, we now know later it was not. Removed him from the dugout halfway through the game. And today, Franco was placed on the restricted list while the MLB investigates. There is clearly a lot of smoke where this fire is coming from. But there's a lot here where it was being claimed and reported yesterday. It's just a viral social media post that first got traction uh, alleging that Franco was dating a minor. But now we're seeing it's not just one social media post that's getting the attention. It's actually a full-fledged investigation. Look, I have no tolerance and neither should anyone, right? When it comes to anything involving kids, and we'll get to another unfortunate kid story here in a second. But consensual or not, Wander Franco, man, this is true. You can't put him back in the Major League Baseball again. He's got it. You cannot allow that guy to be breaking the law like that when the kids are involved and play baseball again. It's a privilege, not a right. I hope this story comes out to be not true. I really do. But there's an investigation. He's on the restricted list. There seems to be a lot of steam this being legitimate. Stock down to Wanda Franco. And stock down to the Tui family. That sounds familiar. The Tuies are the family that adopted Michael Orr, in which the entire movie The Blind Side is based off of. Michael Orr has today's come out that he is going to court and he is claiming that the Tui family never actually adopted him. They instead had him sign a conservative uh, conservativeship, excuse me, paper. Meaning, Michael Orr, unlike what the movie said, unlike what the book said, and unlike we've been told for now almost 15 years. Michael Orr was never actually adopted by the Tui family. Instead, they signed that conservatorship paper so they could profit off his likeness. Profit off the movie, which they did handsomely. And according to Orr, he never got a dime. So Michael Orr now is in court trying to get the money he deserves back, bare minimum. But really sad story overall, not just money-wise. But also, this is a guy that he called his family. He thought actually, you know, cared for him. And now you find out they lied to your face for for basically 20 years just to profit and gain off your athletic prowess? Really, really sad story overall. Hopefully the court uses common sense 
even though Orr signed the papers at 18 years old. Sounds like he was duped and tricked, and hopefully the court realized that and gives Michael Orr the, the just due that he deserves monetarily and otherwise. So stocked out of the two family, just a, a disgusting and sad story coming out from a movie that we all loved and believed to be true in The Blind Side. Idiots! On lighter notes, because sports is meant to be light, Stockdown and Jim Harbaugh, the NCAA over the weekend, rejected a four-game suspension that they uh, were trying to work with Harbaugh to get. This is that rejection, by the way, and Harbaugh is going to coach the entire 2023 season without a suspension. That's not good for Jim Harbaugh. The suspension, or, or excuse me, the rejection of the four-game suspension by the NCAA means they're coming after more games. They want blood. And it sounds like there's a lot of evidence there that's going to indict Jim Harbaugh. So not a good thing for Michigan, for Jim Harbaugh. So stock down to the Wolverines and their head coach. Stock down to Alabama. For the first time since 2009, Alabama is not ranked in the top three in the preseason AP poll. Now they're fourth. So I know we're crying a big river for Nick Saban and co. But this is the year where the doubters are actually right about Alabama and Nick Saban. They're not going to the college world playoff. They're not winning the SEC West or the SEC. LSU is better and Georgia is better. So the standard is high. So even though they're fourth and finishing second in the division is not, for most teams, not something to you know shake your head about and be disappointed with. But for Alabama, it is socked down to their program. Idiots. All right, few stock ups here to end on a positive note. A stock up to Dalvin Cook. Finally, today we know where Dalvin Cook is going to play football in 2023. It is with the New York Jets one-year deal, up to $8.6 million contract. He goes to the place where he is now in a position to win. There's a lot of talent there with the Jets. This is a guy that was a cap casualty with the Vikings. And now Dalvin Cook, after wanting, longing to play with Aaron Rodgers after going up against him so long in so many Packers-Vikings rivalry games, is now his teammate stock up to Dalvin. A stock up to another running back, Ezekiel Elliott. He is going also to a team in the AFC East. This time, the New England Patriots, he gets a one-year deal. Uh, Terms not disclosed. I think I saw up to $6 million, but don't think that was exactly confirmed or had the full details of how much is guaranteed. Either way... Zeke now back on the field. Still, to me, nothing more than a goal line specialist at this point. Don't think a lot of tread is left on Zeke's tires. But, hey, he's got a team in 2023. Give a stock up to him. Stock up to Baker Mayfield. A big, huge week number one in the preseason. Debut for him. Eight and nine. Looked very sharp. Had some swagger back as well. He's winning that job. And I think he's going to win the Bucks, the NFC South. Stock up to Baker. And a huge, huge stock up to two of my good friends, Drew and Jill. They got engaged this weekend, but did an engagement I have never seen before. So it was supposed to be Drew's surprise 30th birthday over the weekend. Jill's been planning this for about a month. Stressing, inviting both sides of the family, big gathering. Well, Drew's also been trying to decide when should I propose to Jill. Been a while. Drew's family got wind of the proposal, uh, of the surprise party and said, you know what? Everyone's going to be there. This would be a great time to surprise Jill and propose. So for a month, while Jill is playing surprise party for her boyfriend for a big 30th birthday, he is now then planning, on the other end of it, a surprise engagement as well. Incredible. No one saw it coming. We've been asking him for weeks. When are you going to get engaged? He didn't say a word. Nobody knew. All of a sudden, as he's giving a toast to what we thought was going to be a big thank you for coming out and thanks for, you know, being here for my birthday, he goes, I also have a surprise. Gets down and get engaged. Awesome, awesome moment. 
Big stock up to Jill and Drew. Hear the music. That will do it for this edition of the Zach Gelb Show with Ryan Icky filling in. A huge thank you to Jack Stern, producing the show. A huge thank you to you for tuning in and making us a part of your Monday night right here. I will be back on CBS Sports Radio this time, this same time tomorrow. Don't go anywhere, though. JR is up next. Have a great Monday. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here on CBS Sports Radio. It's with Ryan Hickey in for ZG on your favorite sports radio network.